You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. It's time for the ESO Dragon Con Report, a podcast dedicated to help newcomers and veterans prepare for the upcoming annual convention in downtown Atlanta. With interviews, advice, and news from the pros and fans alike, be careful, you never know, you might actually learn something. Howdy everyone and welcome to the third episode of the ESO 2015 Dragon Con Con Report. Dragon Con 2015 is less than 150 days away. No, no, you're kidding. No. Uh-uh. No. No, wait, no, you said, Mike, 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 no, hold it, hold it. Last time we did the show, you said it was just about 200 days. It hasn't been 50 days since last we came to this. Time flies, my friend, when you're waiting for Dragon Con. It it really moves fast, and it just moves faster the closer you get to Dragon Con. No. This is our monthly special, counting down to the 2015 show. I'm your host, Mike Gordon, and I'm pleased to introduce you to the rest of our station crew. As we mentioned many times, it's never too soon to prepare for the big show. Uh, Starting, of course, with director Mike Faber. You know, you actually almost sounded like Ed Sullivan there. I had a big shoe. You have a really big shoe here, Maybe that will be my cosplay for Dragon Con this year. A really big shoe. A big shoe. Big shoe, folks. I'll just go around saying, big shoe. That's about all I can do. Okay, so. well. <laughs> Unless, it, it'll be really cool if the Beatles are there. So yeah, I can exactly. introduce them. And, 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 or if somebody's there as Tupo GGO or something like that. <laughs> also, again, we are pleased to have with us Darren Noel joining us. Howdy, gents. Howdy, sir. How goes things? I am so far behind. Oh, no. That I feel like the Republican Party in Indiana. Wow. Okay. Ooh. Well, we'll get to a little bit of that Ooh. later on. <laughs> uh-huh. Zing! <laughs> out of the gate. Right out of the gate there. It's not completely irrelevant because... No, uh, no it's got not. News we'll get that, there. Actually. We'll get there. <laughs> um, and Nikki is back with us with another Keep Calm and Go to Con segment. Hey, guys. How's it going? Howdy. Pleased again to have you with us. Thanks. Good to be here again. Now, how are you doing? Are, are, are you under control in terms of your costuming and, and preparing for Dragon Con? You know, it's funny that you say that. I actually was, when I was falling asleep last night, I was like, you know what? I don't think I'm even going to attempt to do any costumes this year. Really? Only because I feel like I'm ridiculously behind. Gotcha. <laughs> you know, now, and I feel like 150 days aren't... It's not enough time. It's not enough. It's not enough. <laughs> well, we've got some people that we're going to talk to a little bit later that can that will sort of help out with that because it is not too late. Um, you know, as long as you budget your time as well as your resources, um, you definitely can get that done. So we're going to talk to quite a few people. Um, most importantly, we're going to talk to finally Kevin Batchelder is with us. Uh, he is the host of the Dragon Con for Newbies Facebook group. Great guy. We had him with us last year, and uh, the snow has finally melted enough that he can actually 
speak and join us uh, on the show tonight. So we're happy to have him with us. It's good also, to have him defrosted finally for the season. <laughs> Absolutely. It's a um, We also have, of course, Michelle Biddick-Simmons with a drop by Dragon Con tips, um, as well as uh, Eternal Zan, who has some um, fairly interesting hotel updates, as well as some general budget tips. And speaking of budget tips, in our cosplay corner segment, uh, Bewitched Raven has got some cost-saving tips on uh, cosplaying on a budget as well. So it's going to be a great show. Um, we're going to get started as soon as I pay some bills by saying this Earth Station One special is sponsored by the ESO Amazon eStore, where you can find all sorts of cool geeky merchandise. If you're ordering some swag from Amazon, help us out by going through our link. It doesn't cost you any more, and it helps us out, like, a lot. So just go to uh, the ESO podcasting page. Right up the top, there's a, a, a big old link for Amazon. Click on that, and you can just shop as normal. Buy whatever you want. There's no additional fees or charges, um, and we we get a little kickback, so it's really nice. And if you don't, like we keep on saying, if you don't want to go to the store, go right to Amazon through our website. Absolutely. Um, And now, if you'd like to leave feedback or a comment on the show, please call our ESO feedback line at 404-963-9057. Or feel free to email us at esopodcast at gmail.com. We're also on um, Facebook. We've got a Facebook group that's fairly active, and we constantly are talking about Dragon Con there. So please reach out to us. We've got, um, what, Mike, a Twitter account, an Instagram account, everything, right? Yeah, pretty much everything. I'm still trying to figure out this damn dig thing, but you know, other I don't than even that, know what that is. I'm so far behind. What is it? Can that? you dig it, sucker? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think we actually have. You know, we have Instagram, we have Tumblr, we have Twitter, we have Pinterest. Yeah, we're pretty much everywhere. You know, so you know, look up. ESO, look up Earth Station One, and when you look up ESO, just remember we are not Elder Scrolls Online. (laughs) (laughs) Are you sure? (laughs) Sometimes I wake up and wonder. Now, I'm going to go over some really important dates with you guys real quick. Um, We're pretty much done with... um, There's still some volunteer meetings left. I think the next one is happening May 16th, so if you want to participate as a volunteer, uh, whether it's a track or actually part of the organization of DragonCon itself, uh, May 16th is when you want to go and check that out. Um, Find out all the information there on DragonCon's official site. Um, The guest applications, if you want to be a guest... It closes May 31st, um, so you'll definitely want to get on that. If you're interested at all uh, in, in, sh- in coming to the show as a guest, you want to get your application in. should be in already, but you still have till May 31st. Um, also, May 15th is the final day of uh, $110 memberships. So if you, they are going to go up to 120 after that. So there's still a little bit of time for the 110 memberships, but you want to get on those uh, before you forget. And boom, before you know it, it's May 16th, and you've got to pay $10 more. And that would suck. Ah. Um, also, even though on the schedule, the parade registration date closes August 1st, um, if all the slots are filled, it's going to close before that. And from what I understand, they're going fast. So if you do have uh, interest in participating in the parade, a group of you want to get together and, and, and have um, you know some sort of theme going, definitely get your parade registration in as soon as possible. 
because uh, they they went really fast last year. I think they were done uh, way before August last year, and probably the same this year as well. From what I understand, there's it's very limited. So uh, check that as well. You can find out all about the, all those dates and any information regarding any of those deadlines at dragoncon.org. So um, the other thing I wanted to talk about real quick is um, there hasn't been a lot of big like announcements coming from DragonCon. There was a little bit of news that came out uh, earlier this week. Um, now, a lot of people might be familiar with some certain um, legislature that came out of uh, Indiana um, this past week that uh, caused a bit of controversy. Well, uh, I think um, you know DragonCon actually went out and made a statement regarding that, uh, strongly opposing the Religious Freedom Restoration Act. Uh, the statement reads, DragonCon is proud of its long history in accepting all fans, no matter who they are or who they want to be during the convention. We are working through the Atlanta Convention and Visitors Bureau and the Georgia Hotel and Lodging Association, which are actively lobbying against this discriminatory bill uh, to make our opinion known to Georgia legislators, because it is on the docket here in Georgia as well. So, um, so the license to discriminate, if it passes, DragonCon will continue to ensure that non-discrimination practices in all of its business endeavors. Uh, they made the statement, should this bill become law, we will seek written assurances from all our businesses, business partners that uh, they will not participate in any discriminatory behavior on the basis of race, color, religion, sexual orientation, gender identity, or any other point of identification. We have no intention now or in the future of supporting a business partner that discriminates. And uh, it's really cool. Um, you know, uh, as, as far as we know, uh, Dragon Con brings in, as well as I think other conventions bring in about $15 million in convention business to Georgia and the state. So a lot, I, I know that Dragon Con's a big part of that. So it's just really cool that they came out, I think, uh, with uh, this statement. And a lot of that's just from our bar tabs. Come on. Seriously. <laughs> but, I mean, it's kind of, you know, um, with everybody dressed up, obviously it's kind of difficult to discriminate because you have no idea what's underneath a lot of the costumes. <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> so Sometimes to make it easier on everybody. for some people. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, I, 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 Mike, if you'll pardon, I, I've got a personal stake in this, obviously. Um, absolutely. I, I, I got to tip my hat to Gen Con for sta- saying what it did first, yes. which kind of got the ball rolling about this type of stuff going on in the local legislatures where they are, uh, which has passed. And the huge outcry that's occurred from all that. I mean, NASCAR today came out with a statement against that legislature. So, um, yeah, they did in, in Georgia, they did, they added a uh, non-discrimination clause to the law that was pending. And the gentleman who was putting forth the, the law said, well, now you've gutted the entire bill. (laughs) Um, but I thought it wasn't supposed to discriminate. Okay. So, um, it's been tabled, but nothing's over till it's over. And the state legislature does not get out of session until Thursday at midnight. So we obviously won't know until after we've we've done recording this and passed it whether or and posted it whether or not this has become something that we're really going to have to deal with. But this is the second year it's come up, um, and this year um, 
last year, Coke and Delta came out very strongly along with other prominent business leaders against this bill. But this year, they've been kind of kept a little quiet due to some threats of some new taxes on them. So it, it's nice to see other people, especially Dragon Con with, you know, he who shall not be named, the issues that they've had with them recently. Absolutely. Um, it's nice as an LGBT fan to say that Dragon Con actually has my back and see it in this kind of way. I want to applaud the board of Dragon for making this statement and for coming out ahead of what can possibly be an economic disaster for the state. So, yeah. bravo. And, 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 you know, I mean, you said you had a personal stake in it, but we all do. You know, yeah, I have, know, I know. So, and, I, and I'm not to say that, you know, but um, if you want to find out more information about this, uh, about the act, and about uh, the statement that Dragon Con made, uh, I definitely encourage people to go to georgiaunites.org. Uh, that's where I got the information here that I read to you, as well as uh, they've got a lot of information about this. So, um, and again, um, you know, the bills out there, and you know, obviously, by the time this airs, some things, some decisions will be made or not made, but. I mean, this is something that could rear its ugly head at any time. Exactly. So, so but I, I do applaud Dragon Con for it because they didn't have to do this. You know, no, they I did mean, not. It's, it's it's absolutely great that they they actually made this statement. Because um, I I you know even though they do a lot of charitable work, I, I'm not accustomed to Dragon Con coming out against or you know making public statements about you know social or political changes. I, I don't think they ever have before. I so be that's wrong, how. But- that's how strongly they feel about this. So uh, definitely go to, like I said, georgianites.org to find out more information about that. So so that's really all the big news and notes. Um, there was an event uh, not sanctioned by Dragon Con, but there was a sort of a halfway to Dragon Con party that was held. My understanding, it was in the location of Dragon Con, one of the hotels. Is that correct, Darren? Um, yeah, uh, my friend Tanya um, and I went down to uh, Dragon Con's, you know, headquarters, the Dragon Cave, if you will. <laughs> and uh, she she had forgotten. I love Tanya, known her since high school. She had forgotten that she had actually paid for a room there so that she could get toasted that night. So she's like, "Come, come, sh- share a room with me at the Marriott." I'm like, "Well, it's a mile from my house, but hey, it's a night at the Marriott. Why not?" Right? So. We went down there, and it's very creepy when it's all empty. <laughs> it's very creepy. And uh, we checked into the Marriott, and then we, we uh, had dinner over at Sear, and then, which is the Marriott, you know, nice you know, restaurant. And then we walked over to the Hyatt Bar, which is where everyone was gathered. Um, there was no one at the Pulse bar Loft at all. The Pulse was empty, which, as you know, as a Dragon Con attendee, that never happens. So we toddled over to the Hyatt Bar where everyone was. There were no buckets of rum. I was just about to there ask, were, how did you know? That was there, were, asking, there were no buckets of rum. However, there are only halfway buckets. I know. The, the Hyatt Bar was packed. And I, I heard from one of the organizers that this was supposed to be just a group of people who knew each other. And then it got out on Facebook. So they actually called the Hyatt to warn them that they were all coming. <laughs> that <laughs> well, that's day. good. They at least got a warning. Yeah, they, they got a warning. And they're like, yeah, come on, bring it on. So that's what happened. <laughs> and it was a very, very fun evening. I, 
I was quite amused by some of the uh, shenanigans going on. Uh, there were people in costume, which nice. also makes it fun. People in wearing their Dragon Con shirts and all that jazz. You know, no, nothing crazy. I will say this, though. We closed the bar down. They turned the lights on us. Wow. And what time was that? I, I think we were there till like one thirty, two o'clock in the morning. Okay. okay. So, yeah, they're like, they turned the lights on and we all went, oh, <laughs> it's over. So, yeah, it was a good time. It was a good time. I don't, I don't think uh, it was a bad idea to have like a, that little demarcation line between post-con depression and pre-con excitement. So we passed that mark. Uh, a lot of recognizable faces from Dragon Con? Um, some, you know, when you, when you're surrounded by, you know, 70,000 of your closest friends, you know, it's difficult to say who knows who, but yeah, it felt like a mini con because everyone had Dragon Con, you know, in common. So, and you could tell there were, there was a group of stewardesses who showed up and they're like, we'll have a drink. Oh no, we're not going near them. <laughs> it was hilarious. They turned around and walked off. I was like, is there another bar nearby? It's like, <laughs> Are we frightening you? Oh, that's a shame. Wow. So definitely uh, not sanctioned. I think there were some no. other events that kind of happened at the halfway point as well. I think um, the Eternal members, I think some of them got together. And I think there were some other uh, things that happened that same week as well. So um, people are getting ready. And you know what? It's not a bad idea, certainly, to, no. to prepare your tolerance. <laughs> Prime the pump. <laughs> Exactly. Well, very cool. Well, thank you for that report. Yeah, no I know. I know it was difficult going out there and. Oh, it was so difficult asking me to go to a bar. Oh my god, <laughs> I've never done this before. Please thank you. Not throw me into the briar patch, Darren. Thank you for making that sacrifice thank for us. Thank Anytime. you for making that sacrifice. <laughs> and speaking of parties, Mary Lou who has joined us. Yay! Party girl. Party girl. Sorry, I was a little bit late, but thank you for having me. Oh, well, thank you. And just in time, because I think it's ready to, uh, we're ready to talk about who's who's coming, what the guest list is. Well, it's interesting. Like, this month, they haven't really announced any of, like, the big names. They've Um, been pretty slow with stuff this year. Yeah, they they started really hot and heavy back in December, actually, when they announced Barrowman and Stephen Amell and such. But it's just like since then, it's been like a wasteland. It's been quiet. It's almost too quiet. (laughs) Too quiet. Right. Yeah, I'm almost afraid to see, you know, how hit we're going to get in the next couple months. Well, maybe they're just like, hey, we're giving you Barrowman and Amell. What else do you want? What else do you want? (laughs) Yeah, like, come on, man. Yeah, good point. All right, we're going to be reading the list from the bottom up, and I will let the lady go first. Mary, you're up. Ready? Here we go. Tom Smith is described mostly as folk rock, mostly comedy, except all the stuff that isn't. And Tom Smith is more weird. What? I don't know what's happening. This sentence makes no sense. <laughs> But Tom Smith is Weird Al with more books. Oh, oh, goodness. Joe Coe with more jokes and Carlin with more Cthulhu. They're trying to be funny, man. Yeah, they are trying to be funny on that. But it doesn't, the sentence doesn't work. (laughs) Grammar police. Grammar Grammar police. police. Let's (laughs) sick them on the Dragon Con people. Ah, 
Jimmy Palamati is coming back to Dragon Con. Jimmy, of course, is a multi-award winning character creator with a wide range of experience in advertising, production, consulting, editorial, film writing, development and production, media presentation, and video game development. His current works include Harley Quinn, Starfire uh, for DC Comics, The Con Job for Boom, and currently has three feature films in development, Painkiller Jane, Random Acts of Violence, and Killing Time in America. I could have mm. just saved that and just said, Jimmy Palmiotti is one cool dude. He is a cool dude. And just left it like that. <laughs> he is a cool dude. And he will be drinking at the Pulse Loft yes, at some will. point. Oh, yes. Frenchie and the Punk. Foot-stopping, danceable, bohemian, cabaret folk, world French chanson, 80s punk, dash of vaudeville charm, steampunk flair, and pixie spirit. Crystal, Crystal Bright, and Silver Hands. Crystal Bright and the Silver Hands are, are a fascinating line, making for either an uncommonly defiant circus sideshow or a melodramatic, gorgeous your Eastern European street performance. Think Tori Amos with Tom Waits' sense of humor. Or maybe a Tim Burton film with a steamboat, excuse me, with a steampunk quote next. Amanda Connor is an American comic book artist and commercial art illustrator. She began her career in the late 1980s for Archie Comics and Marvel Comics before moving on to contribute work for Claypool Comics, Soul Searchers, and Company and Harris Comics, Vampirella, in the 1990s. Amanda's current work can be seen in Harley Quinn and Starfire Monthly for DC Comics. Well, Jimmy's there. Of course Amanda's yeah, going to be there. Yeah, it's going to be there. Absolutely. That was they a could, no-brainer. They could, just say, they could just say Jimmy and Amanda, one cool couple. Yeah, they are. Absolutely. Abney Park is a steampunk band based out of Seattle, Washington. During their stage show, they perform a variety of songs off their nine albums. Compiled with a dynamic light show... On stage and stage dancers and guest musicians. Mika McKinnon is a science consultant in the entertainment industry, disaster researcher, geophysicist, journalist, and irrepressible educator. Jason Balmom is the lead designer behind the Pathfinder role-playing game and the creative force behind Minotaur Games, a company dedicated to producing a variety of different games and supplements. Kiet, danceable, intelligent, visual, eclectic, performed for two cons before. Kiet plays a mixture of gypsy music, folk, rock, and jazz. Funk, rock, and jazz, sorry. Kathleen O'Shea David has been a puppeteer for over 40 years. She has worked behind the scenes in film, television, and theater in various capacities, including costuming. She's a book editor and a published writer as well. Her puppets are collected all over the world. Sean Porter appears on the new season of Ghost Hunters and is a leading tech investigator in the paranormal field. Sean is the owner of Ghost Shop, the go-to workshop for ghost hunting gear. Jamie Pierce is the author of four books in her historic haunt series, a paranormal investigator and lecturer on the paranormal. She has also appeared on Mostly Terrifying Places in America and on My Ghost Stories. John McCoy is a documentary filmmaker, accomplished paranormal investigator, and case manager of the Canadian Paranormal Society, radio personality, and host of Paranormal Swamp, Swamp Talk on Z Talk Radio. John has been also been published in the Spectral Times, a paranormal magazine out of Great Britain, and he's currently a film school student. Shauna Germain is an award-winning writer and editor of fiction, nonfiction, poetry, and games. She is the co-owner of Monty Cook Games, 
which produces Numeraria and The Strange. Eric Flint's writing career began, began with the science fiction novel Mother of Demons. His alternate history novel, 1632, has led to a long-running series with several novels and anthologies in print. He's also written many science fiction and fantasy novels. He resides in northwest Indiana with his wife, Lucille. Larry Flaxman is the best-selling author and paranormal investigator, and he writes groundbreaking books on cutting-edge research that leaves readers, researchers, and reviewers open-mouthed in disbelief of the truth as it presented to them. <laughs> Patrick Doyle is the lead investigator on Sci-Fi's original series, Ghost Mine. He has appeared on NBC's hit show Grimm and in the upcoming film Portland, Portland Grad. Patrick is an award-winning author of titles including The Ghost of Zombie and Ghosts from the Ground Up. This one I'm really excited about. Peter David's coming back to Dragon Con, folks. Yay! Peter David's a writer of stuff. Name a type of writing, and he has done it, and has been successful at each. He is currently writing various things for various companies. I love that man. <laughs> He's very varied. Yeah, he, he is. Shannon Faye Byers, the paranormal genealogist, is a paranormal educator that infuses the paranormal with genealogy research and lectures in the Southeast on how to incorporate the two. She has been featured in the Day Trip documentary shown on EATV7 and filmed the requested pilot for American Ghost Towns for PBS. David A. Byers is a paranormal educator that infuses the paranormal with genealogy research and lectures in the Southeast on how to incorporate the two. He has been featured in Day Trip's documentary shown on EATV7 and filmed the requested pilot for the American Ghost Towns for PBS. I am seeing a stream here. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. We already read that I, one, Todd. <laughs> might be related. It's just a guess. <laughs> Robert J. Schwalb is a writer and game designer best known for his contributions to Dungeons and Dragons, A Song of Ice and Fire role-playing, and Warhammer Fantasy role-play. Robert launched his own imprint in 2014, Schwalb Entertainment. Shadow of the Demon Lord, his first game with his new company, releases winter 2015. Sean Michael Patton is a 20-year-plus veteran and principal for SMP Designs. He has designed more than 40 stage productions, eight short films, five features, and specializes in pieces for, for television, film, and media for clients, including Auto Trader, Cartoon Network, Delta Airlines, Georgia Power, Turner Studios, and Verizon Wireless. David Moss is an investigative researcher and activist at the Electronic Frontier Foundation, where he uses transparency to counterbalance the surveillance state. He is also a journalist who has written for alt-weeklies across the Southwest, including the No Life Offline column for San Diego City Beat. Andrea Mast Kessel is an Atlanta-based media and special effects makeup artist and educator. Her work includes traditional and some special effects fantasy makeup in theater, stage, television, film, fashion, editorial commercials, and runway. Some of her credits include NBC TV, Fox TV, the BET Hip Hop Awards, and more. Nadia Kayali is a member of the EFF's activism team. Nadia's work focuses on surveillance, national security policy, and the intersection of criminal justice, racial justice, and digital civil liberties issues. Nadia earned a BA from UC Berkeley and a JD from UC Hastings. 
Jenna Black is the author of the Morgan Kingsley series, the Fairy Walker series, and the Guardians of the Night series, along others. She is a full-time author in fantasy, romance, and young adult fiction. She currently writes for Tour Teen and Pocket Books, as well as doing some indie publishing. And that is it, folks. That's Ooh. those are that's it for now. But I, it, the big names are coming. Oh, I know. And always. Let's always. not let's not take away from any of these people that we just read. No, they're no, no, all, no, absolutely not. They're they're all experts at what they do, and we're very much looking forward to having every one of them on our podcast. So. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> and, and speaking of which, I mean, I think it does bear repeating that uh, you know ESO folks are going to be there. Mike, of course, you are a guest this year. Um, we have others uh, that are on the network that are guests as well as uh, Van Allen Plexico is a guest this year. He's the host of the White Rocket Podcast. Um, Debbie and Scott McGay are both guests this year. Uh, attending pros, a friend of the station, Anthony Taylor, a Phantom Troublemaker, uh, who's also yeah an attending pro, as well as uh, Bobby Nash. Um, a lot of friends of the station are already on the guest list as well. So take a look at that guest list, and you'll see a lot of familiar voices and faces from uh, the Air Station One network. So something to be pretty proud of, Mike. Oh, thanks. <laughs> well, cool. Well, as I said, it's uh, as people are listening to this, it's a little under probably 150 days left to go. Ah! Yeah. Wow, that was really sincere in your panic. Because I was going to ask you not to panic because Nikki's here to tell you to keep calm. Nikki? Hey guys, sorry. <laughs> no, I panicked so much I had to leave. Like, I, can't, I can't deal with this. I have to go. Gotta go jump in my TARDIS and go back in time so I can I have more start this over again. Oh my god, I know. <laughs> I know it's crazy. Uh, so anyway, yeah. So one of the things that I was thinking about, and it's it's something that that everybody takes with them whenever you go to a convention a bag, you know, like a backpack or a a book bag or something like that. So I wanted to talk a little bit about what kind of bag should you carry for all the goodies that you've got. Um, So, you know, you've got your traditional backpack. Backpacks are great. You can just stuff everything in there that you need. But keep in mind, you may have a costume on that might inhibit you from wearing a backpack. Um, you know, if you've got those giant fairy wings or if you're like the guy last year that was dressed as a giant robot and had a big boombox on his back, can't put a backpack on. Um, one of the other things with the backpack, one of the things that I've had trouble with in the past is I'm like, sure, I can fit that in the backpack. And before you know it, I look like a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle because I have this huge giant backpack poking off of my five foot three frame and I'm constantly turning around and knocking people over. It's it's ridiculous. So, you know, if you do decide to go with backpack, just keep in mind, don't overstuff it and knock people over. I had a, uh, well, a couple of years ago, I had a huge backpack and I think it made me like about as wide as I am tall, like between, between my stomach and the backpack. Um, it was just like this huge mass. And I was like, uh, this is not really working for me. Yeah. And then also, you know, you're out there in the Atlanta heat, or you're just on the show floor where it's just as warm. In the body heat. <laughs> right, in the body heat. Um, so, you know, having that backpack on you, you may get a little warm, and then you have a nice backpack-shaped sweat spot on your back. Not that that has ever happened to friends of mine, 
Who shall remain nameless? Right, right. But his nickname is Hamill. Uh, Anyway, (laughs) uh, so I like to use a crossbody bag now. And I actually got a really cool crossbody bag at Think Geek. And they, they call it the bag of holding, the convention edition. Um, and it's really cool. It can hold not as much as a backpack, but it holds things in a really smart way. Uh, you can put your charger in there for your phone. Uh, it's got a place for you to roll up posters and slide those in. Um, it's got a place for a water bottle. You can put your uh, autographs in there. Uh, it's got a little hard-backed section where you can put signed photos. Uh, it even has a clear section where you can put your um, your schedules. You can just quickly flip it open, look at your schedule, see where you want to go to next, uh, and, and go from there. And also the good thing about the crossbody bag is it distributes the weight a little bit better. So you're not carrying all that weight on your back and your shoulders and your hips. Your chiropractor will thank you for it later. Um, and then also, you know, you won't be walking stooped over from carrying 16 pounds of dice on your back. That's <laughs> you. Well, yeah, to each his own. <laughs> um, <clears throat> one thing that I made the mistake of, I think it was my second or third year of attending Dragon Con, I was like, I got all these books that I'm going to take and get these authors to sign it, and these cool posters, and I'm going to put these all in a rolling duffel bag. Please don't do that. Please don't. Because the con floor is so crowded that you, you're not walking through an airport, and, you know, and you're not able to drag this rolling duffel bag behind you as easily as you could 10 years ago. You, you know, I think someone was saying that they call it the penguin walk. You just put your arms down beside you and you just kind of waddle with the crowd. So you can't really be dragging a rolling duffel bag with you. So if you can avoid the rolling duffel bags, I know that you may have a lot of stuff that you want to get signed, but try to not put it in one of those big bags and and drag that with you. They're difficult to manage and you might knock someone over or you may go put it to the side and then somebody could trip over it. Never a good thing. Yeah. We see that a lot in the, especially the comic book room, uh, the pop art area, because there's so many people that want, you know, there's always those fans that bring, they want to bring a short box of comics to get signed. So they're uh, always, so uh, the, uh, the, 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 the aisles are fortunately very wide in the uh, comic art and pop art area. So that's to its advantage. But, yes, it's, uh, it's hard, once, especially once you get out of the room, to, uh, to navigate through the lobbies and uh, the other areas. If, I can't even imagine if you were going to a different hotel what that would be like. Oh, yeah. I got lots of really dirty looks the year that I decided I was going to bring a rolling duffel bag. I seriously had people scowling at me to where I was so embarrassed. I was like, okay, I have to go back um, to the room and dump all this stuff and I'll just hand carry everything. Cause seriously, people were not pleased with me and I don't blame them because it was ridiculous for me to try to drag that thing through the convention floor. So one of the other things that you want to be aware of is be mindful that if you are coming in from out of town or even out of the country, what are the luggage restrictions on the airline that you're taking? 
You don't want to have to pay extra baggage fees or overweight baggage charges. So yeah, you know, everybody always finds super cool things that they want from the vendors area, or you, you buy a bunch of books that you want to go get signed or like Mike was saying, you, you get a bunch of uh, comics, things like that, but you don't want to have to pay those extra fees. So check with your airline before you, you go ahead and indulge in that life-size replica of the Halo costume, you know, fully kitted out. And you're like, oh, it's the best thing ever, and it only weighs 80 pounds. Remember, you still have to get these items home, whether you're going down the street to Marietta or you're going to Maryland. So those are just some of my tips about thinking about what kind of bag you want for all the cool swag that you're going to get at Dragon Con. It's going to happen. Absolutely. And the plate, hopefully this year with the expansion of the dealer room uh, and the exhibition hall area, then, I mean, because that's the place where everybody's getting most of their swag, I would imagine. And that place, as I understand it, because I've actually never been in it yet, uh, is the tightest one of the con. Yeah. um, It is quite difficult to maneuver. And even, you know, even with keeping your backpack close to you and keeping your bag close to you, you're still kind of shuffling through and trying to not knock into people. So yeah, just be mindful of what kind of bag you carry. Not only are you going to have to carry this thing all day and you want to make sure that you've got a bag that's comfortable, but also, you know, that you're not like, like we were talking about before that you don't, you're not as tall as, or as wide as you are tall because you've, you've stuffed your bag so full that it pokes out, you know, a foot behind you. (laughs) Well, it's hard enough. A lot of the times when people have the costumes that are bigger than they are, and go, trying to go through the crowds, having duffel bags or suitcases or backpacks, you know, makes it just even harder. Right. And then when you get on the elevator, too, you, you know, because you don't want to be standing behind somebody who has this giant bag and it's crushing your face. You know, especially with somebody that's short like me, these guys get on the elevator with me. Yeah. And they turn around with their big their big backpack and you know, they'd smack me right in the head with their backpack. Sorry, Nikki. Gosh, Darren, you're so rude. I am. It's true. <laughs> well, the other thing to keep in mind is no matter what bag you're carrying, backpack, whatnot, um, Date. Keep, yeah. keep an eye on it at all times. Um, and do not leave it out in the open. Do not leave it in a public area for any length of time. I, I speak from experience. Um, certainly do not leave it in the front seat of someone's car, um, even your own, even if you think it's a secure parking deck. It's uh, not. Don't do that uh, because uh, there are a lot of people, uh, and it's not just that they're not just preying on, on Dragon Conners. Um, the Labor Day weekend is a big, big, big weekend for the whole Atlanta area. And unfortunately, that tra- uh, attracts a lot of people who are wanting to take advantage of that. So keep an eye on your stuff at all times. And that's an important thing too. If you're getting something to like a, as a backpack or whatever you're going to you carry your stuff in, make sure it's something that, you know, you can leave attached to you in some way so that it can't be easily uh, gotten. Well, exactly. Cause even if you say, you know, go get a drink or the bathroom or something and you ask your friends to watch your bag or something, it is so packed in there they're it's bound unless they're sitting on it 
they're going to take their eye off it for a second. Yeah. Yeah. Just good rule of thumb is if it's something that you would take with you when you're traveling, that's going to be a good option for you because everybody knows when you're going through the airport, you know, as far as like bags that you put on your person, I'm not talking about pull behind luggage. Um, you know, when you go to the airport, you go to the restroom, you take that bag in the restroom with you. You're not going to go leave it sitting out in the hall. So just, just kind of work with that mindset that if it's something that you would use when you're traveling, when you're going through a busy airport, that's going to be a good choice. Yes. And, 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 and on that note too, unless you absolutely need it, uh, don't put it in there. Like I, you know, if you're, it's like, Oh, I'm just going to have my laptop with me. Um, yeah, Why? no, it's not not a good idea. <laughs> there's no, there. I mean, few people will need their laptops and other electronic devices, uh, you know, throughout the day going through the hotels and everything like that. Nine times out of ten, you're not going to need it. And if it's a situation where you don't trust uh, it to be in the the hotel room by itself, um, you know, the hotel staff can can help you lock it up and make it safe so that you don't have to carry it around. Yeah, and a lot of the rooms have safes too. You know, and yep. it's a, it's a really nominal. Fee, I think, if you decide to use the safe, and the the safes are pretty roomy. Mm-hmm. So yeah, if it's something like an iPad or a laptop or you know really nice cell phone that uh, is is one that you don't necessarily need to carry with you, don't weigh yourself down with it, and don't leave yourself open for theft. Another thing, folks, don't give keep an eye on your hotel key the whole time, also. Because, you know, they can – if somebody grabs your hotel key, um, they can just go to the front desk and say, uh, what room am I, am I in? And they'll just run your key through and they'll tell you the person what room you're in. And Especially take, late at night, dear exactly. God. Exactly. Oh, God, yeah. Cause, and friends, you know, there's been people who have had their rooms broken into. Yeah, well, and on that note too, the now, the last couple of years, uh, the hotel – uh, room keys are now very uh, highly sought after collectibles uh, because they've got Dragon Con art on them, and each hotel is different. So if you got to collect them all, well, you know, <laughs> there's one way to do that, and that's to uh, steal someone. So uh, yeah, keep a uh, and yeah, keep an eye on that, and please do not put it in the same pocket, same near, like if it's in a bag or anything. Like, do not put it near your cell phone because it'll it'll wipe that card out and it'll be useless to you. Yeah, and try to not leave it in your bag because if somebody does a snatch and run and takes your bag, you've you've got the key with you, you know that you can still get into your room and hopefully you'll have your ID on your person too. I usually keep my important stuff. Uh, in my front pockets. I'm pretty sure I'd notice if somebody was coming after stuff in my front pockets. <laughs> if someone's coming after stuff in my front pockets, they're going to have a hell of a good time. You're going to be nice. like, woohoo! He's <laughs> on the last. <laughs> like to relax and lean into it. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> well, okay. On that note, thank you so much, Nikki, for that report. That was awesome. You're welcome. Thank you. And now joining us after a, a bit of a hiatus is Kevin Bachelder of the Newbies Group for Dragon Con. A welcome back to the station, Kevin. Hey, thanks, Mike. Great to be back finally. Yes, uh, we are uh, glad that you have defrosted enough in the great <laughs> white north of uh, New England this year. 
Yeah, exactly. The the crazed winter that it was actually kept me from being able to join you folks for a couple of the recent uh, podcasts. But uh, thawing out and, and counting down the days, getting very excited. I, I'm sure there'll still be snow on the ground when DragonCon does finally come around. <laughs> there's, yeah. a lot, there's a lot I got a to pile milk. in the corner of my yard. I got bets on when it's going to still be there. <laughs> in any case, uh, for those people who don't know, um, uh, yeah, because you, you pretty much um, are one of the main organizers behind the Tips for Newbies group, correct? Yes. Yep. We've got a group uh, uh, for those who might be new this year listening to these podcasts. Uh, we... I've got a few folks uh, very involved in helping out the newbies. Uh, DragonCon newbies, as we're known, we're not an official part of the con, but the con, now that we've been doing this for several years, uh, leading up to con by having a very active Facebook group, and we were doing some events at the convention, and the convention is very supportive of us, which we appreciate, giving us room space to help out with like tours, walking tours the day before con opens, and usually one or two uh, other events first morning to kind of help acclimate folks since there's so much great stuff to learn. It's a, it's a bit overwhelming, as, as those of you who've been here know, but we try to help out. Now, um, you say that you're not officially with the, uh, the convention, but yet I know that last year for the first time you did have specific events that were on the schedule. Yes. Uh, what we are, we, we grew out of uh, just a, a Facebook group that I had started a few years ago, three or four years ago, to help out some folks I knew were new, be able to answer each other's questions. And as you know, and anyone listening who's been to the con knows, it is such a great, supportive community. Uh, That group has uh, taken off on Facebook to the point now, a few years later, where we have over 1,400 members. Um, And the group is designed to help the newbies. We are very okay with repeat questions and very simple questions (laughs) and your basics. And it's a lot of folks who are brand new, but also folks... Uh, who are experienced answering some of those questions. So uh, for the, you know, in 11 and a half months out of the year, that was a great way for folks to learn leading up to con. And then uh, uh, Kim, one of the other leaders in that group with me, Kim Gemini, um, has been leading the last couple of years a walking tour the day before, which we just kind of organized as fans. Uh, but the con was very supportive of that, saw how it was growing and now offered us the ability to give some space to do that and to list it on the program as an official event. But we're technically not listed like as a track or anything of that nature. They're just very right. supportive of us. That's, yeah, and that's very cool. And and that that newbies group is very active. Uh, it's uh, it's amazing to me that um, how active it is. I mean, you've got oh hundreds of people as part of the group. But but and of course it's not solely i mean obviously the main discussion is is questions that a lot of people have about dragon con and it doesn't have to you don't have to be a newbie to ask the questions but um obviously there's just so many questions that people have regarding it is there any like when people are deciding to go to dragon con whether or not to go have you seen any sort of trends as to what sort of they they like what factors they weigh in more than others uh, it usually comes down very honestly the the most popular type questions that come up uh, as soon as someone wants to join or someone has has decided hey I think I want to do this uh, and you folks have certainly touched on it in the podcast too is the fact that uh, room space can be a bit of a challenge um, and especially now you know less than about six months out is when it gets really uh, even more of a challenge to find so it's usually hey how can I I want to go but it looks like all the official hotels are full and as we know, have been for many months, what can I do? Uh, so it's a case of uh, you know, suggesting resources or, or talking about finding roommates. 
uh, some of the different resources that are fan-based online, some of the other hotels overflow and such. So that's one of the more important or popular questions. And, and also just the idea for anyone who's uh, heard from someone who's been is the idea of, oh, I've heard it's huge and there's a million things to do. How, how am I going to get started? What, what do I look at first? And how do you usually answer that? Because <laughs> I'm well, still working on that. <laughs> well, see, the great thing is it's not just, um, as you said, with, with hundreds and over a thousand members now, you get opinions from a lot of different people. And that's what's great now is being able to just let the community support the community. Uh, it's super that we got people who were newbies a couple of years ago who are now very active in answering it. And you get a lot of different approaches, as you know. There is not one answer to that question. We'll certainly mention the different fan tracks, point them to information, the online Facebook pages and Twitter accounts. Talk about the program. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe share a, a link to one of the PDF files from last year's pocket guide to have folks get an idea of uh, just how big it is and how the events are. And then folks love to ask questions about uh, – uh, photographs, autographs, you know, with the culture of the con, uh, you know, where all they, what's the best place to be? What events should I not miss? Uh, some of those type things tend to come around and, and they stir into different conversation threads. Uh, but, you know, the great thing, what we try to focus on, as you know, there is an, an awesome official Dragon Con Facebook group that is uh, really large. But, but you know, when you're new, you sometimes don't want to post a, what you think is a very simple question. So we that's why we made sure to say this group is private for one thing. So once you're in, you know, it's you know, posts aren't flying around Facebook. And we welcome those questions. You're totally fine to ask the ones we probably just saw 48 hours earlier because you never know who you get your new perspective from. Yeah, because a lot of a lot of people do find it, uh, you know, they intimidating. Yes, um, and, and certainly the sometimes the internet can be not as welcoming as we would like. Yeah, <laughs> uh, boy, that was a nice, polite answer, but right on the point, isn't it? <laughs> so yeah, that's why we try to say it's it's the newbies. You, you can ask a more advanced question, or if you've been coming for five years, feel free. But we also want the newbies to feel very comfortable, and we do try to focus that on the basics and create a few threads that are uh, those common topics that that'll come up, so you can. Uh, feel free to ask it, or if you're maybe interested in Star Wars or science or whatever your thing might be, hey, I've never been to this track, what might it, what it might be. So yeah, we do try to be very welcoming in that sense. It's a good stepping stone, a good place to get started. And a lot of folks hang around for the reason of being able to relive that excitement. We all remember when we were new, how lost we were, but also how amazing we found the community to help us and be very open. So it's nice to be able to pay it forward, as they say. Yeah. And, and it's just full of a lot of information that, you know, it's a very comfortable environment where people can ask, like you said, just everything, anything and everything from, um, you know, obviously hotel information to, uh, you know, what experience is it like as far as the tracks go? I don't really understand this concept because, it, you know, Dragon Con is its own entity. It's like, you know, 30 conventions taking place at the same time in the same place. Um, how, like what is the policy about autographs and and pictures and you know what about single tickets and everything like that and people can just like ask everything they want to and 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 a lot of people there are posting tips on a regular basis i know you've got a lot of uh, a few folks that that feel you know that they want to give back and uh and also you know it's a great way to i think it's a tremendous way to sort of make contacts um, so that when you go there for the first time, you actually will know people. Exactly. That's what 
really, that's one of those ones that kind of developed that maybe I and a couple of the other folks, uh, you know, uh, as I mentioned, Kim and, and Mike and uh, Sue, the other folks who help out a lot, we're, we're pleasantly surprised is that it's been nice to see folks kind of uh, buddying up or finding other folks who are new. Because it's one thing to be able to find a group like this or any of us have found them online to get a question if you're new. And you get some nice answers. But then once you get to the event, you feel like, okay, everybody else here obviously has been here for five years. I have no clue. So it's nice when a lot of them can say, hey, I'm kind of new too. And um, you know, here's where I'm staying, which hotel, or I plan to be going to these uh, type events and, and maybe, you know, sometimes find a way to that commonality of, hey, let's, let's be lost together. <laughs> <laughs> well, and what's great is that now, I mean, I think you were kind of informally doing this before, but now there's, I mean, the, the days leading up to it, at least that Thursday or whatever, you guys are having a tour through the hotels, through the taking people through the various hotels, through the various where the track rooms are, um, where the, you know, the Walk of Fame is going to be, where the celebrity area is going to be, where the, uh, you know, ever-changing dealer room <laughs> exhibition Always hall moving. is going to be, yes. uh, that kind of thing. Do you... Now, do you see any changes coming up for this coming year that uh, that folks, whether new or old, should be aware of? Uh, I haven't started to see any official information trickle out that's going to be dramatically different for some things. As you know, the con is always evolving and switching things to try to make things work better. Um, so uh, I think uh, the volunteer meetings and the director meetings are cranking up now every couple months too so i expect some info to start trickling out there i haven't seen anything myself radically different well the um, one big the one big thing is actually the changing of the dealers rooms it's expanding majorly this year but we're still staying in the same place aren't we it's expanding further out into the building than it, oh, was, okay. than it was last year right. yeah i mean the move over to the america's mart was the big one Oh yeah, it was almost like a shock for it. But yeah. after they had the fire marshal close it four times last year, you know, I think they realized that they need to do something. Yeah, when I started to see uh, excuse me, lines just to get in to that building, I'm like, oh, okay, I think we'll be adjusting things next year. I, I ever since they moved it, I have not been there. I mean, I just can't get time to get over there and and explore because it's uh because a my schedule is so heavy and really you need to you know you need to block off a, a huge amount of time because usually it, it is tough to get in well i expect they'll be doing a lot better at it this year i did get in for a little while last year but it was fairly early in con um i think it was friday at one point so um and and you know, that's the thing. Some folks love to literally just walk to almost every vendor that's over there. As you said, that's great. Block off some time if you, uh, if that's going to be your kind of thing. That's probably the other bigger question that comes up sometimes is uh, the reality we have to get across to the newbies that there's no way you're going to be able to do everything you want to do. No, okay? definitely not. And, you know, yeah. look at the lines and try to judge what you can do and such. What's worth it. Exactly. Yeah. What's, you, what you're willing to wait for. You, know? you might set up a whole schedule full of people you want to th- see or events and panels you want to go to back to back to back. You're going to cross half of those off. Yeah. I mean, a couple of the big advice items when people really try to have fun, which is good. We like it when they say, okay, you got a hundred good tips, but tell me the top two or three that are going to make the biggest difference to enjoying the con. And they almost always, no matter who's answering, come down to a couple of very important ones. Number one, be very, like you just said, flexible. 
realize I don't care if you're a, a, an A personality who wants to lay out everything in five-minute increments. It doesn't matter. The way con plays out, you're going to want to stay very flexible. You might find something you had no idea existed, and then it becomes the biggest thing you want to do that day. Or you might find it's the most crowded thing, and you don't want to spend the time waiting for it. So be willing to be flexible and go with the flow. And also the other thing, realizing that since we're in five hotels now, plus the America's Mart, um, you are going to spend a lot of time on your feet. Make sure that you've got yourself comfortable shoes and that you are hydrated. And the fact that uh, not a lot of us are in the greatest shape in the world, you're going to be doing a lot of standing and walking. So, you know, have a little bit of an idea coming into con that you're, we don't say you have to be in the greatest shape, but you're going to want to, if you're going to want to move around, you better be ready to be covering <laughs> a lot of miles. I mean, a couple of folks who have the little uh, devices that tell them number of steps and distances are telling me that they're not the types to go to a lot of things, but they do move around a decent amount. Tell me that on average for the whole weekend, they're walking over 20 miles. So think about it. That's something some folks think it's like a one hotel I go to and I might have two floors to deal with. Mm, not quite. No, 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 no. <laughs> and that well, gets them. No, and one of the things with like the Fitbits and stuff last year was the first year we used our Fitbit for it. Uh, mm-hmm. We were averaging at least 25,000 steps a day. There you go. Yep. And, and everything. And that's because, you know, going between the different hotels, some of them are not that close to each other. They're at least two, three blocks. And these are city yeah. blocks. And it's city blocks with a lot of other people. So it's not like you can do a nice power walk. You're going to be walking, standing at the light, walking the crosswalk, standing. Stand. So it's a lot of times standing that people oftentimes aren't prepped for. And also the and, hills. Yeah. If you're going to go from Sheraton up to the other one. So it's a bit of a. Uh, I don't want to say culture shock, but it is one of the things we try to remind them is, you know, you do want to be a little prepped for that. And again, realizing that this is for folks like us who love to go to a lot of different events and a lot of different tracks. Maybe you just want to kind of stick to the classics track, you know, sci-fi classics or science. And you might find yourself staying more in one hotel than another. That's fine, too. I mean, program your own con. You don't have to do all of it. You don't have to try to do all of it if it just physically makes more sense for you to be kind of parked in one area. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, all this talk about getting fit, you know, for Dragon Con is going to be a perfect segue to lead into talking to uh, Michelle for Drop by Dragon Con, which we're going to do in a minute. But Kevin, any last um, words for newbies right now? I mean, obviously, please, uh, once again, plug the, the Facebook group because that is a great resource. Oh, sure. Um, we list, um, as I said, the Facebook group is by far the most popular, but we have several other resources, including a Twitter account and some other links for the uh, newbies. If you go to dragonconnewbies.org, we've got a post there that links to everything from the Facebook group to Twitter to some of the other very basics to get you started, some good videos and things. And uh, like I said, look for probably on Thursday this year, we're going to expand things a bit on our walking tours Kim has done an awesome job the last couple of years. We'll try to mix them up based on what we learned from last year in terms of uh, maybe doing a more abbreviated one or a longer one. So if you're going to be there, we'll try to find some ways to let you get acclimated before the big stuff hits on Friday morning. Awesome. Well, thanks again for joining us. We'll definitely have a link to that in our show notes uh, so that everybody can find that easily and click on that. And uh, it's good to have you back with us, sir. And we'll look forward to, to talking to you next month, provided there's no more snow. (laughs) marking it down now looking forward to it guys all right thanks man and now joining us uh, is our drop by dragon con uh, representative uh, michelle biddick simmons welcome back to the station michelle thank you 
And uh, and what's the topic this month? Um, basically, it's planning a costume, even at this late date, and how to plan one when you know that you are changing your body and you're not sure what your final size will be this Dragon Con. Excellent. We have actually not really tackled it in depth, but it has come up with our uh, discussions when we're talking to customers and cosplayers and, and, and people who are trying to get ready because you have to, you know, a lot of people do leave it to last minute, but oh, yeah. yet there are those people who work on their costume all year round. Right. And, and we are now at, even though it's 157 days today, I'm going to say 156. That's 22 weeks, a little bit over 22 weeks. And there are, if, if you're going to do this, the first thing I'm going to say flat out is don't, don't go for the huge costume. Don't go for something that's the showstopper. Um, because if you are changing your body, one, you only have 22 weeks. And most people are trying to put their money toward Dragon Con or other things. And costumes are expensive. So if you're going to do something, do something first that you love that speaks to you and that you can build on. So I say go for base pieces because if you're changing and, – and granted, you can't lose – you can lose a good amount of weight between now and you know 22 weeks from now. But you really don't want to be designing something so that – if you're trying to lose, say, 30 or 40 pounds, which you know you can do in 22 weeks, but I'd rather have you do something really kind of safe and healthy with that. But if you're just changing your body, you don't know where you're going to be muscularly. And um, people don't really think about this. Don't even worry about if, – if it's just that you're working on muscles or trying to get leaner or tighter, don't even think about the weight at this point. Think about measurements and start tracking your measurements. Start today. And here is why. If you build a costume on top of base pieces, um, if you're at a place where you know you're going to be comfortable being in like a black unitard, do not go for light colors unless you know what the material is because light colors tend to, well, any spandex type materials can, mm. can show off way too much of what you don't necessarily want to be, you know, the highlight of your adventure at Dragon Con. Um, but if you know you're going to build it on base pieces, anything from that, like a unitard or uh, pieces that you can actually go into an, a store and buy, but you're going to build on top of it, or basic pieces that if you know someone who is a seamstress or you can actually sew, or you know someone local that takes commissions and you can work it out with them that you know um, a month before Dragon Con to get that piece done, to go in and get a basic skirt or pants or something like that done, nothing huge and nothing that if if you can't fit into it this year, you're going to be heartbroken. So just basic stuff because basic stuff can be altered up till that, you know, right before Dragon Con, as long as you work it out with your person who's going to be doing it or you know how to sew. But what I say is this, come up with your idea, do what you love, do what speaks to you, it doesn't have to be something that's a known cosplay. It can be something that you've decided to do out of your, you know, you've seen all these fabulous um, made-up things like women in the dresses that are Daleks. Or I have a friend last year that at the last minute decided that she wanted to go as the apartment from Sherlock Holmes and actually went out and found um, the fabric that was the wallpaper and went to thrift stores and put it together, and it was gorgeous. And it, uh, it's really a great piece. You can be that adventurous and do it that way. Well, 
you can also alter things like that up into the last minute. But I think start with the details. Sit down and be really honest with yourself about what you uh, actually want to achieve. And you end up, if you, well, first of all, be honest with yourself about your size and shape and how much you are going to lose. Because unfortunately, a lot of us overestimate what we can do in between the years and as we get or in between dragon con and dragon con and as you get closer the panic sets in and you hear people saying i want to lose 80 pounds in 20 weeks mm, don't do that um michelle, but, would you say michelle would you real quick would you say that it's a good idea or a not good idea to use the costume or any sort of thing like that as an incentive to lose weight oh use whatever you need to get you to do it Whatever it is, I say if it's a costume that you have planned and you've put the time in, it's an incentive. Go for it. Anything that gets you moving and gets you losing weight or getting healthier, use it. The the only thing is don't base your happiness on whether or not you actually get to wear it at DragonCon. And this is also why I say don't do a huge thing because the the more money and time you put into it, if it has to be fitted – if you don't get to wear it this year, you're going to be miserable. Don't go for, if it's a female or a guy, if you want a fitted corset that's like custom made for you, don't do it at the point where you don't know where you're going to be because corsets constantly change and, and your body changing corset's not going to work on you. The same thing with if you're going as, say, a member of the 300 and you want to get down to, you know, you've already got the outfit, et cetera, and you're going for that. If you don't think you're going to get there, I say don't do that. But start with the bits. Be really honest with yourself and then start with the details. Find stuff that is going to be the highlight of the costume that you build on top of your base pieces. The buttons, the shoes. If you're going to be doing steampunk stuff, start working on the gun now. And, and please don't just do cogs. Make it something that works. Put time in. And it doesn't matter when you get to Dragon Con if, you're, if your pieces, you know, your, your costume. A friend of mine last year actually had a TARDIS dress made. And by the time Dragon Con rolled around, it was way too big. And she went and she wore it anyway, and she had the most amazing time. She is a member of Dra- Drop By, and she, she had the most fun. At first, she was a little upset because people were looking at her, and then she finally realized <laughs> that people were looking at her because they liked the dress. And she's someplace where it's kind of a safe zone, and uh, people started smiling and coming over and getting photos and stuff with her, and she had the best time. So start working on the details. What, whatever it is that you're trying to create, go for the best of it. Um, if you're going to be ordering parts of it, start ordering it now. Get it out of the way because I can guarantee that at least one thing from anything that you order will not be right, and if you get it done now and you know it's not right, you can either get another piece to substitute or you avoid all that hassle of the last-minute stuff when you order the wig and it comes in two weeks before DragonCon and it's not right. Um, I've had that happen. Don't do it. But start working on the little detail aspects of it. Um, And then for me, I like stuff that you can really alter down or that you know you can go in at the last minute if you have to say suddenly you've lost weight or you've gained weight. Um, go for pieces you can you can like leave extra fabric so you can actually take it out if you have to or let it out if you have to. Um, I will say the month before Dragon Con, 
one of two things happens, and I've seen it across the board. You either panic and you start gaining weight or you fall off the wagon or you go the opposite direction and all of a sudden you have this crazy burst of energy and you're smaller because your muscles are larger and people don't think about this, but if you bulk up, that's one thing. But if you've lost fat and you've actually bulked up muscularly, but not to the point where you're like a bodybuilder, you are actually going to be quite a bit smaller. And I've seen people that have designed stuff, and then by the time they get you know, to the point right before Dragon Con, they do that last month push. And I've seen boots that were made for someone that they had to do these little snaps with Velcro because they wouldn't stay up because the person had lost so much weight and had to see great lean muscles. But um, I can tell you that last month, and all of us know it, it's kind of insanity time. Oh, yeah. Um, well, I, I will tell you a story. Years ago, at my highest weight, um, there had been stuff going on and just bad stuff, and I had gained so much, and I was miserable. But it was more I was miserable because I felt like I was putting everything on hold. And a friend of mine, this is like a month and three days before Dragon Con, and a friend of mine said, oh, what are you guys cosplaying this year? And I said, well... If I was at a weight I wanted to be, you know, in costume, these are the things I'd like to do. And my friend's like, Michelle, why are you waiting? If something happened and you never got to do that, wouldn't you be more unhappy? And I thought, okay, she's right. And so I made six costumes <laughs> in a month, and they were wow. great. But but I I did the smart thing. I bought everything I could. I handed the stuff I knew detail-wise. Um, and then I actually, for Paul, for one of our costumes, I rented a tux with tails because there was no way I was sewing a tux at the last minute. And we had probably the best time that we've ever had costume-wise at Dragon Con. But um, other things with that, do you guys have questions? Um, no, you're doing a pretty good job. The only, um, okay. I, you know, obviously um, there's a concern with some folks about, you know, and I, maybe it's a different discussion about what they, you know, whether you should cosplay or whether, you know, something that's not your body type. But I think, you know, we're all. I was going to mention that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a different discussion, but I think it's, you know, we've always said on the show, you know, it's, it's, it's sort of like crossplay. It's sort of like, you know, you can take a costume and make it your own um, and, and, you know, not worry about it. Um, here's my take on it. If you are going up on stage to do something that's going to be um, shown and you're trying to be as, not professional, but as accurate as possible, go for body type. If something fits you and looks right on you and is, um, you know, I'm, I'm strawberry blonde and green eyes and years ago, my friend, and by the way, I'm partially Asian, which is hilariously funny. I'm partially Chinese, but a friend of mine, um, we wanted to do um, Big Trouble in Little Chinatown. I was going to do the, the, or in Little China, I was going to do the Kim Cattrall role because she's partially Japanese and looked perfect for the, the other girl, the green-eyed girl. I can't think of their names right now. I'm sorry. Um, but And it would have worked perfectly. And I thought, you know, that is so, let's switch it up because everybody expects you to look a certain way. If you're going for accuracy, go for that. But if anybody has a problem with how you look in something, it is about them. It is not about you. 
And we just had this conversation. I'm sure I'm going to get hit by somebody for this. But here's my take. I don't I rarely see this being said to men. Oh, well, you know, you should be thinner for that. Though one of the guys just I just found out that last year when he was I think he was in a Bane costume and someone told him who was very drunk the guy came up to him and said um, that he needed more of a six-pack. He needed, needed to be more defined to be that. And that's one of the few things I've ever heard like that. It's almost always females. And I, I don't want to get into the Gamergate thing or any of that, but it is almost always females. And the only things that I've ever heard negative-wise are usually if someone's too heavy and they're wearing something that someone else thinks is a sexy costume and to them it's offensive. And that makes no sense to me, and here's why. These people are wearing costumes that speak to them. That it's something in them and that costume, that cosplay, whatever it is, that speaks to them. So they are not trying to be someone who is your dream girl or your date or whatever. They're trying to enjoy this. And by God, this is what I've decided. The next guy that I've ever heard, and I... I have made two guys cry, by the way, and it had nothing to do with me. (laughs) But they made comments in front of me about two girls, and I had a little talk with them. Because here's the thing. Most of the guys that are saying these comments, you turn around and it's like, okay, would you be able to wear a 300 costume right now? Would you have the guts to do it and be good about it, be happy with yourself? No, that's okay. When you're ready for that and you do it, Wait to see what the women say, because I rarely hear a female make a comment about a guy not being good-looking enough, etc., to be in a costume, no matter how sexy it is. I think the only one was done as a joke, and, and we were at a party, and he came in, and I it was the 300, and it was a joke, or, or Fat Elvis, but that's, you know, a costume. So right. it's like, don't, don't let someone else put a smash on your your party. If you're really in love with a costume or it's something that really speaks to you, go ahead and do it. And we have people like how many females do you see that dress up because like Sherlock Holmes speaks to them. So they do the Sherlock Holmes cosplay or one of the doctors. And we have um, a member on, on Dropby that just said that, you know, some of the female cosplays for anime, you know, speak to him. And so he does that and his wife is fine with it because it's not about it's not about the shell it's about the soul it's about what speaks to you and you know the year that that I was oh it was horrible I had gained so much weight I was on meds and all this stuff had happened and I was so unhappy and the funniest thing was um I did memento mori if you know what that is vampires it's neo gothic victorianic vampires for Paul and I costumes were fabulous we ended up getting hit on the entire time. And that's the largest I've ever been. And to the point of, we went back to the room and I had like, and Paul and I got hit on as a couple. And Paul was like, that was the strangest thing ever. And apparently <laughs> it was the Memento Mori um, vampire costumes. But I was like, okay, that, that just made me feel really good because, and I see the photos now and I'm like, wow, okay, I'm a lot bigger than, I'm like, I'm smaller now than I was then. But... I I look really damn good. And don't let anybody else try to decide for you or make you back down on something because honestly, it isn't about it isn't about you. It's about how they feel about stuff. And frankly, that's their issue. Does that answer your question? 
No, no, absolutely. And it's, uh, I think it's worth saying because we have said something. We've you know, made similar comments here as well because that does come up. And, and I think uh, you're absolutely right. I mean, if, if you're, it depends on what you're you know, costuming for. I mean, if you're, if you're entering contests and whatnot, um, you know, then, then there is, a, I think you're actually even judged on accuracy as well as it a is. lot of other <laughs> things. But, but if you're just, I mean, with Dragon Con, you know, everybody's there just to have a good time. And really, um, I think uh, as far as my uh, personal experience goes, I think Dragon Con is the most um, uh, liberal when it comes to what you'll see as far as any sort of costuming goes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think, you know, we and, and we've had an influx. You, you always, when something becomes popular or well-known, you end up getting that influx of people that are there just to party and be negative or whatever. Um, and we've the two guys I made cry were like that. And what's funny is I've seen one of them. That was like four years ago. I've seen one of them since then. And he grew up, and you can tell he grew up. And he's he's costuming now, and that makes me happy because – I think that with people like that, that, that are going to make comments, et cetera, you need to kind of put the love on them that if they're going to stay a part of the community in any way, shape or form, you have to embrace them and get them to a position where they finally like themselves. We can't make them do that. But by God, if you hear someone saying something, you stand up for them. Don't fight them. Just stand up. And like we, we had a, somebody who made a comment about a post I put up. You probably saw it on Dropby. And the guy was fine. I mean, it was I wasn't mad at him. But I did tell him I'm just going to hug the hell out of him when I see him at Dragon Con. Because you don't have to like uh, someone's cosplay. But y- you don't make a face. You don't make a comment. You don't be snarky and rude. Because that doesn't impress anybody. And... It's not what this community is about. It's about the joy and just go for the joy. So costume, you know, work it out, make a list, see if you can get it in in the 22 weeks and go for it. I I say, you know, go for the basic pieces underneath, build the fabulous stuff on top. And even if you don't make it for this Dragon Con, start planning now for next year, especially if you know you're really losing a lot of weight or really changing Start planning it now. Keep a notebook, and every time something really clicks with you, write it down. Something You know that happens. Every time you're at Dragon Con, all of a sudden, or you go see a movie, and you're like, I want to do that, and then you forget. And then like three weeks before Dragon Con, you remember. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. Sometimes afterwards. (laughs) Sometimes after the fact. Well, very cool. Um, thanks again for uh, the segment. It's uh, really appreciated. Got a lot of good information there. And for folks who want to continue the discussion, where can they find you online? I'm on Facebook on Drop by Dragon Con, and it's a closed group. You just like let us know you want to join, and I'll check you out. And if you are someone who, um, if you're a real account, because we have a lot of the fake ones trying, Obviously then. Is. We'll get you in there, and it's a fabulous group with amazing people, and you will have motivation and people clapping the entire time while you're working towards your goals. Michelle, just think about it. That shows that how successful you are. All the fake people want to be in there also. <laughs> seriously, seriously. <laughs> well, very awesome. Thanks again. Thank you, and I'll talk to you guys later.
And now it's time to turn our, our attention to Eternal Zan. Welcome back to the station. Thank you. Glad to be here. Now, before we get into your main topic, with the, which, of course, is uh, uh, budgeting, um, I understand that you have some uh, hotel update information? Yeah. Uh, I hope people are sitting down. Um, so if you're not sitting down, sit down, because I have a room booked for 2016. What? what? I know, right? It's crazy town. Um, remember, a couple months ago, we went through a big list of all the different Facebook groups and other places online where you could get hotel information. And in the Facebook group, uh, which is called Dragon Con's Cheap Klingon Hotels and Bargains in Atlanta, which grew out of a lady that posted on LiveJournal, and she has a yep. Klingon icon. Yep. You can find that. Just You don't have to type that whole thing. You, and you can just type in Dragon Con and Klingon in Facebook, and that'll pop up. There was a posting on Friday, March 13th, about how you could book a Sheraton room for $139 a night for Dragon Con 2016. Now, Goodness. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And I booked it. <laughs> I was like, I'm not kidding around. I want a host hotel, baby. Now, there was a catch. That is the price uh, if you pay prepaid and it is non-refundable. Ooh, gotcha. gotcha. Yeah. So I am banking on the fact that if I don't want the room, which I prefer the Marriott, but I'm banking on the fact that I will be able to transfer that room to a friend who wants it. Sure, sure. And you, you already know that you're going since you're an eternal member. So you you already right. know that you're going in 2016. So it's not like that's an issue. Yeah, I mean, so far I haven't missed a year. Knock on wood, I hope I never will. I mean, you never really know a family sure. emergency could come up or a work emergency. But so far I've been very, very lucky. And so considering um, how lucky I've been in the past, I decided it was worth a risk. Now, if you're still interested, that deal unfortunately is no longer available because hotel deals, as they pop up through the year, they come and go pretty quickly word spreads online and people call and so when they do release a room block at any of the hotels it's it's not an infinite hotel block of course so right. you really and that's another reason to be active on social media and when you find a good deal and you actually get it share that news after you get it. <laughs> well I, th I do think that is helpful yes absolutely so that people because you'll see a bunch of posts in a comment thread of somebody saying oh well it this doesn't this deal doesn't work in chrome or yeah so if you book it go ahead and share your booking experience so the next person can absolutely. can get the benefit that you just got absolutely yeah so, i was able to help out someone a couple years ago uh with um that new hotel that opened up for last year um, what is it called? The Aloft? Is that right? Um, yes. And got a great deal on that and was able to transfer it to uh, uh, someone in need because I already had the Marriott room, but uh, still. And that's, and you make an important point. Um, you know, if you're, it, all is not lost. If you're looking for a hotel room, I mean, obviously explore your options and take care of yourself, but keep up to date and just check out those uh, those social media groups that we've got links to um, every time all of our every time an episode comes out we have the same hotel and and membership information that kind of thing so you can go and check those out and and just keep keep an eye on them because you never know when something remarkable like that's going to happen yeah and this posting happened at like 11 o'clock at night 
And and then according to the comments, they were all sold out by 2 a.m. And that doesn't surprise me at all. I mean, you know, these days, once word gets out, the same thing happened with the Aloft a couple years ago. I mean, it was it was there and then it was gone within, I think, five or six hours. So, So, yeah, now you can still get the Sheraton, but I'm only seeing it for four hundred dollars a night for the Thursday through Saturday dates for 2016. Which, hey, if you're only staying a short time, maybe those are perfect dates for you. I know most people want to check out on Monday. Right. And they do have a cancellation policy for that, uh, that current rate that I'm seeing now. Mine was non-refundable, but this $400 a night, the cancellation policy is that if you cancel between 3-31-2015, so today, and 6 p.m. hotel time the day before you check in, there's no forfeiture amount. But if you cancel after 6 p.m. on the day you check in, the forfeiture amount is a one-night stay. Now, you can get all of the 2016 Dragon Con dates at the Westin for $400 a night for that same cancellation policy, which basically is you can cancel until the day before and get all your money back. Right. So it's an expensive rate, but if you're willing to consider it, you know. And, um, and if you want if, if to make sure you've got a room. Yeah, now, I'm not sure what the deposit is on that, though. Right. Um, I suppose like I that said, would mine was all prepaid. So, yeah. but and just so people know the website address, those deals are available through StarwoodHotels.com, and they do have a rewards card. So that is free. So you probably want to sign up for the rewards card. Reports varied on that as to whether you could get that cheap $139 rate for the Sheraton I got. Some people said you had to be a Starwood member in order to get that rate, but other people said they were able to get it and they didn't. But either way, if it's free, you might as well sign up for the card and go for it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, very cool. Well, congratulations on on getting a room for next year. And uh, obviously, with all this talk about spending all this money on hotels – um, you got to figure out some uh, budgeting for everything else in the convention. So I, I know you have some tips on to help with that. Uh, yeah, that was going to be my first suggestion is you are no longer budgeting for just one year at DragonCon. You are now budgeting for two years. For this year and for booking your hotel room for next year, since as we've just learned – Sometimes you can book your hotel room more than a year in advance. It used to be that you didn't book your Dragon Con host hotel room until after Dragon Con was over. But this year, at least one or two of the host hotels released rooms before this year's Dragon Con even started. I know the Sheraton did that for sure. The other ones were just rumors. So that's the first thing is to you now have to save more than you did a year or two if you're interested in a host hotel. And that applies to also memberships too. Uh, mm-hmm. If you if you're pretty certain that you're going to attend next year, like the year following, do yourself a favor and just go by and and get the uh, get the memberships uh, either your at some point during the convention because they're going to be at almost half of what they are going to be like right before the convention. Yeah, if you're sure. Now memberships, unlike a couple years ago, those are non refundable. Right. So, so people do have and, and non-transferable now. So people do have to be careful about that. But I agree, it's a great deal if you're, especially if you're a local Atlanta and you're ninety percent sure that you're going to be able to go. 
Yeah, and up to you know up to this point, I mean, a four day was like sixty dollars, so you'd only barely be out sixty bucks. Which I know that's not. I mean, that's still sixty bucks, but con- considering that some people are paying you know over a hundred to get in, that's that's not such a bad loss if you're not if you don't end up using it. No, no, it isn't. Um, so on budgeting, um, I think for most people, getting to the convention and staying there is going to be the bulk of your expenses. Even if you live in Atlanta, a lot of people choose to stay in a host hotel or a nearby hotel. But you also don't want to forget to budget for while you're there and the experience you want to have. I recommend budgeting at least 30% more than you think you're going to need and preferably twice as much. I would say $500 is rock bottom for somebody staying in a hotel but I recommend $1,000 because money just adds up really quickly. You definitely want to bring cash for minor expenses because not everybody takes every form of payment and the ATMs are going to run out and you don't want to have to leave the con to get money. Now, I understand there are a couple nearby banks that people can go to, but I believe those are closed on Monday, which is a day a lot of people have run out of money by if you didn't budget extra. So, do you know about the banks? Have you ever used those? Oh, sure. And the yeah, I am a uh, uh, yeah, I'm a Bank of America guy. So, um, but it, it used to be that there used to be just that one ATM in the food court, and that would run out of money like Friday, and then you'd be there would be oh, nothing okay. in it for the whole weekend. But now that they opened up a Bank of America right there, there's like tons, of, uh, like they ate, there's like four ATMs that you can choose from just for Bank of America now. I know that there's others as, as well, but. Uh, oh, sure. Right across the street is a Wells Fargo. Yeah. Um, from the Peachtree Center. But then also right across the street is SunTrust Plaza, and there's about 12 ATMs over there that so you can use. ATMs are definitely, there's a lot more than there used to be around there now. And then is, the, is 12 an exaggeration or are there really no, 12? There are 12 within a block of each other right there. On oh, all, wow. And, that's, they're, and they're all SunTrust banks. Yeah, that's fantastic. And then there's also the hidden ATMs at the bottom of the back escalator at the uh, Hilton. I've heard about that, but I don't know if I've ever seen it. It's right by the uh, little cafe they have there. Okay. Yeah, that sounds great. There's so there's definitely little ATMs that you just don't have to use the one in the food court. So there's definitely and then another little secret if you want to know is if you have an ATM card, go to CVS, which is twenty four seven while during Dragon Con, and you can always use your card as an ATM and get cash back. I didn't. Yeah, I know think that. that's only. I think that's only up to like a certain amount. But yeah, you can do that. But you can go back and back and back. Well, yes, that's cool. Because they, they, I think it was they limited it to fifty bucks. Right. But but we're trying to get people to be on be on a budget, not see how much money they can take out of their account <laughs> to spend. But if the ATMs are gone and you know out of money, that's a great little excuse to go to CVS. <laughs> right. And we don't get paid by CVS. Just remember that. Yeah. So I, so I actually did have a tip about that. Um, so one of my strategies is to save all my receipts and then add them up when I get home. So you can just toss them in an envelope. I save my receipts driving up for gas, for the fast food I eat on the way because I have a day's drive up. If you're taking an airplane, then you could just write down the amount for your airline ticket and how much you spend on food getting there, taxi, that sort of thing. 
And then if there, if you spend money on anything that you don't get a receipt for, for some reason, then you just kind of scribble that on the envelope. So at, every, at the end of every Dragon Con, you should know exactly how much you've spent so you know what you want to spend for the next year. Now, some people will even have little cash envelopes with the day written on it. So you have a cash envelope for Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. And let's say you put in 50 bucks for each day. If you don't spend it all then you have a little extra to spend in the dealer's room on your last day. That's awesome. That's a good trip. Yep. That is good. You know, I, I know a couple of friends of mine who do that. And uh, we had one of William's friends actually stay with us last year. And his mom and dad gave him an envelope per day that he could not touch the other ones. So, you know, and he was really looking to get a ninja sword, but, you know, he had to wait till the last day to open the envelope. So it was always a plus. Yeah, I think that's a really good way to do it. Now, I did break down budgeting in sections. For the hotel, I feel it's important to add at least 20%, preferably 30 to the cost of what they tell you. So if they tell you the Dragon Con rate is, let's say, $150 a night, I would round that up to $200 a night because there is a 16% taxes fee on top of whatever the Dragon Con rate for the hotel room is. And then you have to figure the other small charges. You want to figure in tipping for the housekeepers and for the bell person that carries your bags, maybe for a refrigerator or if you're getting Wi-Fi with your room because those each additionally can cost extra. When it comes to getting a refrigerator, I think they're fantastic, but not everybody's going to get one because um, supply does exceed demand in regards to getting refrigerators. And the earlier you check in, the better chance you have of getting a refrigerator. If you check in on Wednesday or Thursday, you have a much better chance than if you check in on Friday. Another thing to consider is what if somebody cancels in your room? If you have a room where you're packing it in, seven or eight people, it's not going to cost you as much. But if you have a room where you're keeping it to two or three or four people and somebody cancels last minute, everybody else is going to have to pay extra. So I always ask my roommates to budget as if somebody is going to cancel so that we can all still cover the cost of the hotel room if necessary. It doesn't happen often, but... If you go to any convention often enough, it'll inevitably it will happen that somebody does have to cancel on you. Um, another section I had was food and drink. You don't want to live entirely off the con suite or the food court. You probably want to at least go out to one nice restaurant during your stay. So I'd recommend budgeting for that, budgeting for extra Starbucks and alcohol, budgeting for the dealer's room, For your photos, your autographs, music CDs. They do have a lot of musicians at Dragon Con. I think that part can be a little bit undersold. And I think it's really nice to buy something from a musician and then have them autograph it right there. And yes, CDs are a little bit old school, but they're still fantastic memorabilia and something additionally you can get autographed if you're an autograph collector. So you can do that in addition to doing downloads. And, and CDs don't take up that much space. Um, also, replacement supplies, things you forgot to bring, which we all do, your cell phone charger, costuming rep- repair supplies, just miscellaneous things that you want to have extra cash for, 
Some t- uh, some people like to go to parties that cost extra. A lot of the parties are free, but every year there are additional groups and off-site parties, kind of overflow events that might have a little cover charge. They tend to be in the ten to twenty dollar range, not very expensive. So once you're at Dragon Con. Do you really want to have to watch every single dime or do you want to have just a little bit extra for something unexpected that pops up? Because I think that's a huge part of what Dragon Con's about. I think if you overplan to every penny, then you might be a little disappointed. But if you are able at all to give yourself, you know, a few extra dollars here and there in kind of a discretionary fund, then you have the ability to try new things. And I think that's a really valuable part of attending Dragon Con. Yeah, well, sure. that's, that's a absolutely great point. And, and also, uh, I would add to that, too, when it comes down to what you are going to spend your money on, try to make sure that it's something that, you know, you can only do at Dragon Con. Like, for example, you know, if you're a, looking around the dealer room and a lot of, uh, you know, merchandise is there, but some of that might be available, like, you know, online or whatnot. Whereas if you're in the Walk of Fame, you know, actually meeting uh, and getting an autograph or a photo op or whatever is probably something that's only going to happen, you know, at limited time. So that's probably where a lot of people would, you know, want to spend their money. And it, they, and unfortunately, Dragon Con doesn't make it easy because some conventions now I notice are actually uh, showing uh, and displaying what the pricing of uh, signatures and photo ops is going to be ahead of time. I think Dragon Con's okay with the uh, photo ops because those are uh, done by a vendor. But as far as signatures go, you really don't know until you get there how much most people are going to be charging for their autographs. So, um, you know, it's going to hard, be hard to budget if you want to get that, you know, that one actor, actress's autograph. But, you know, you can pretty much, you know, if you have, I would say maybe around 50, give or take, is probably not a bad average. So that if it's less than that, woohoo! And if it's more, then, you know, at least you're a little bit more prepared for that. Yeah, in the dealer's room, one thing that I've done in years past, like you said, is some of the dealers do have online stores or you can email them afterward if some of them don't have a full online store. But they do have contact information and you can still purchase online is to ask the dealer for their card and then take their card and put it on the table next to the merchandise you want to purchase and take a photo of it. That's that's an awesome idea. That way, when you get home, you know what you saw and you know how you can buy it. Uh, and, and also write down if there's any sizing information, like this ring fit me and I'm normally a size eight, but this ring fit me in a size nine. That's another thing about online shopping that is sometimes difficult, particularly if you're buying costuming supplies. Even when they clearly list measurements, we've probably all bought things online that we ordered and they didn't fit us. And yeah. so that's a great advantage of being able to try something on at right there at the table. And also shipping things. Some people don't want to ship things home. I'm not sure if the FedEx in the Marriott is open on Monday. Does anybody yes, know? It is. it is. Okay. And there's also a FedEx in the a Kinko's FedEx in the Hilton lobby too. So that's another thing you might want to budget for if you're going to mail things home because you don't want to take them on on an airplane or whatever, or a long bus ride, or if it's big and bulky and it's just one more thing. That's another thing you have to budget for is your going home expenses, 
which could be more than your arriving expenses. Oh, definitely. Um, <laughs> can I also touch on a couple little things also real quick? Absolutely. Of course. If you're on a budget, a couple little things you want to be aware of. Um, the main thing I want to talk to you guys about is food. Um, yes, you're in the main hotels and they have restaurants. They have gift shops. They, even the Marriott has a Starbucks right there. But if you're on a budget, you might want to think a little more economically. Um, of course, everyone goes to the food court. And, uh, of course, as we said earlier, there's a CVS at the food court to be able to, you know, if you need to buy supplies and such. But also, everyone needs a cup of coffee in the morning. There's people there that look like until at least 12.30, 1 o'clock in the afternoon that they need a cup of coffee. And um, the Starbucks in the Marriott is a great, great resource to be there. But they their prices, since they're in the hotel lobby, are extraordinarily high. Um, they jack up the prices at least 20 to 30% higher than an average Starbucks. But if you have a jonesing for coffee in the morning, um, right across Peachtree Street in the Merchant's Mart where the vendor room is, right down there on the first floor, is a Starbucks. And they have regular prices. So that will help you save some money. Also, in if you like, don't do Starbucks but like Caribou Coffee, there's one of those in the food court and they have – Regular average prices. Also, they don't jack up their prices for Dragon Con. Trust me, I know. And also, there's a second caribou that not a lot of people know about that's over in the in the uh, SunTrust Center, along with the Dunkin' Donuts over there. And that is open Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. You know, SunTrust Plaza is on the parade route, isn't it? Yes, it is. It's the, so- it's the building right across from the, uh, the Hilton and the Hyatt. Yeah, so all those tips about what's near the SunTrust, getting extra money, getting coffee, that's that's great for parade day. Exactly. That's a great time to, to go ahead and refill. And you can get to it through the uh, Habit Trail between the Hyatt and the uh, Marriott. So did we mention the con suite yet? Not yet. Okay, so the con suite is on the second floor of the Hyatt. And if you don't know where it is, just stand in the lobby of the Hyatt and look up at where all the people are. It's in it's in one of the corner rooms, so it's pretty easy to find. Now, I've heard that their best food is released on the hour. Aha! Uh-huh. So, I, you know, I'm not 100% on that, but I did hear that from a friend of a friend who volunteers in the room. So it's still kind of second or third hand information, but it's worth a try. And on sure. the hour, it tends to be when you're between panels anyway. So that's definitely worth a shot. I also do bring a cooler with me, and I request a room close to an ice machine. So if you don't get a refrigerator or if you have extra things that you want to put in there, like beverages, I think, are great to put in coolers because the worst thing that's going to happen is your beverage will get warm. It's probably not going to go bad. So I think coolers are fantastic for that. I also, I bring deli meat to conventions because it's great to just grab and go. So I think we all kind of have our favorite foods that you can just grab on the run that you can stay stocked up on all all weekend long. And that can cut down on your expenses too. Because I firmly believe that you shouldn't have to stop moving unless you want to. So I like to carry a little bit of food and a water bottle on me. So if I'm going back to my room or out to a restaurant, it's because it's something I want to do, 
not something I'm forced to do because I have a negative blood sugar level. Makes perfect sense. So are there any, any points that you feel I haven't hit that you want me to go over or perhaps expand on? Um, no, not, uh, not, uh, expanding anyway, cause, uh, we're just about out of time, but is there any last point that you want to make? Uh, I'll just mention the face group book groups again that I've oh, referenced. Yep. So for getting a hotel room and staying on top of information, I mean, who knows, maybe it'll open 2017 rooms yet. It's crazy out there. I don't know. <laughs> uh, the, the Facebook groups, the one that I learned the information about the Sheraton on, that is Dragon Con's Cheap Klingon Hotels and Bargains in Atlanta. And that is a group and you can find it by just searching for the word Dragon Con and then Klingon. There's also the Dragon Con Rooms Facebook group, and you'll see that comes up with an asterisk in it, but you don't have to search for it with the asterisk. And that is a good place to find roommates, particularly. Dragon Con Hotel Connection is a page, and they release updates on availability. Their last update was on, let's see, on March 9th. And they had some updates on some individual days, but there unfortunately wasn't an update for a big block of all of the Dragon Con dates being released. And then also I'll just mention the group, and I'm an ad, one of the admins in Dragon Con rooms. And the final Facebook group is the one I founded a few months ago. That's Dragon Con Eternal Members. And that is a group for exactly what it sounds like for Eternal members. And we are starting to plan some fan-run and organized events for this year's Dragon Con. You don't have to be an Eternal member to join. If you're eternally curious, as I call it, you can get answers from a lot of very experienced Dragon Con attendees in there. And I'm not going to plan any events that I couldn't invite my friends to because all Eternal members have non-Eternal friends. So anything that the group does plan as a fan group, you don't have to be an Eternal member to attend. Very nice. Very nice. Well, Eternal Zan, we are eternally grateful to you and your knowledge and sharing it with us. Thank you. I really enjoyed being on and I look forward to the future. Absolutely. And we look forward to having you on next month. Great. And speaking of budgeting, uh, now it's time for our cosplay corner with Bewitched Raven. And uh, we were talking about budget costuming. Yeah. Is that, is that right? Uh, it is possible to do costuming on a budget? It is. <laughs> Contrary to pop, popular belief. It, it and you don't, and you don't mean the costumes that have like the elastic string around the mask and the plastic <laughs> <laughs> but no, you get out of the I mean, box. I, I mean more of a creative material hunting and creative ways so, of finding materials. <laughs> yes, because I would imagine that there's probably a lot of places online to go, and there's you know some are better than others, obviously. Oh yes, yes, and 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 it's you know we all have our favorites that we wish we could use all the time, and that we'll use for our, our main costumes, but. It's about picking and choosing when you go to your favorites and when you go to, okay, this one, you know, might not have the exact shade I need, but it's close enough and it saves me $40. (laughs) So Now, you know, I I doubt that, although I could be wrong, but I doubt that Dragon Con is enough of a, you know, national presence that 
you know, closer in towards the event, they would actually fabric stores would actually start charging more just to 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 make life miserable for a lot of customers. But are there certain times a year where uh, you know you're going to get better deals than others? Um, absolutely. A lot of fabric stores, such as Joann's or Hobby Lobby, they do the same types of holiday sales that a department store might do. So any anytime near or just after a holiday, um, you know, things like Memorial Day, Labor Day, uh, Christmas, New Year's, anything like that. Um, they even do like Valentine's Day sales. Um, they, they, they'll definitely keep, you'll notice that they have more of their fabrics on, on um marked down and and my personal favorite thing about Joann's and Michaels and Hancock's are Hancock's fabrics are that they take competitor coupons. Now Hobby Lobby doesn't do this, but I've walked into Joann's and if you're if you play your cards right, you can pull coupons off of the Joann's app, you can pull them off the Michaels app, you can pull them off the Hobby Lobby app, and then you can also go to the Joann's website pull off more coupons there and use the retail me not website or app and pull more coupons there. So you can go in with a plethora of coupons and just save so much money. And people don't realize that Joann's is really willing to take whatever you've got. Wow. That's yeah, cool. They're, they're really awesome about it. But, uh, I think another like key factor with materials hunting is, uh, is knowing when you can repurpose something. Um, you know, I like to, if I'm, if I'm looking to make a leather piece out of, for, you know, for armor or for some, some, you know, medieval thing, I, I'll oftentimes go to uh, places like Goodwill or the Salvation Army and pick up, they've got leather coats a lot of the times, leather skirts that, you can use this fabric. You can tear them apart and piece them back together in the way that you need. And and I don't think people often think of that as an option. That's uh yes, I, I definitely can see that. Cause I mean, they would have all sorts of clothes there that you could probably use in some way or another. Right. Right. And, and I tell people, you know, it's a big thing in the cosplay community. Um, being able to say I made my own costume and, and it's, I hate it. It builds this mentality that you're only a valid cosplayer. <laughs> You've sat in the back and turned your cotton into fabric. You know? <laughs> 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 it, just, it doesn't validate you as a costumer or one way or the other. If if it's if you're working on a budget and at, and a time constraint, go to Goodwill. Get a shirt that you just have to alter. Get some pants that you just have to embellish. And, you know, be proud of that. We're, it's, it's a hobby. And, and while it's amazing to be able to say, yeah, I made this from the ground up. And it's awesome to do that when you've got the time and the resources. Sometimes you don't. And, and we have to remember that we cosplay for the love of the character, not always for the love of the costuming. I think that's kind of the difference between cosplay and costuming. Exactly. And when we were talking to Michelle earlier in this show, we were talking about, um, you know, she was talking about um, the getting fit for costuming and, and, and what that entails. But moreover, uh, just the attitude of, you know, I mean, 
Dragon Con is kind of unique in the in the sense that a lot of people dress up. A lot of people. Yeah. Uh, it's, but it's more of part of the culture of the con rather than. I mean, yes, the certain tracks do offer you know parties and incentives and contests and whatnot, but that's not the main drive for people dressing up to Dragon Con, and it never has been. There are other yeah. cons that like have as their main focus a some sort of costume or cosplay contest in which people are judged on various things uh authenticity whether or not they made it or not etc cetera, etc cetera. Mm-hmm. but that's not that that culture is not really what dragon con's about right and that's where you know i like that i mean dragon con does have some in really awesome costume contests but they've got different levels for different things that you're showing um, you know, they've got the contest. I love my personal favorite is the hallway costume contest because all I got to do is go down and take a picture. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't chop into my time at the con, but it's also just about the, the outfit I put together. Not if my hem on the underside of my skirt is perfect because I'm sorry, maybe I was up till midnight the night before finishing it. <laughs> Fancy that. <laughs> <laughs> it happens a lot. Um, but and it's it's not about if every single seam has been surged as well on the inside. It, it's just for me, it's about loving a character, being resourceful, and trying to do something original with the costume rather than being so focused on the craft work of something that I may only wear once. Now, would you say that there's a certain um, genre that is? more like budget worthy than others in terms of like if you have a limited budget should you like well you're probably not going to be able to do the superheroes but you could do you know i don't i don't know if that's yeah i think i mean i think that the the quick and sweet answer to that is anything that's going to be more realistic clothing wise is going to be easier to budget Um, you know, I love seeing people do the walking dead characters because you can go to Goodwill, find pretty much anything they're wearing, and then you get to have a blast (laughs) tearing it up, tearing (laughs) it up and dirtying it up and burning edges. And, and you get to have that fun part and you get to focus on, on having, you know, building a weapon maybe, and not so much on the costume. Um, anything that's going to be a little more realistic clothing wise is going to be, is going to be your better choice, um, for budget. And obviously that can be a little tricky because uh, a good friend of ours um, was – at a recent show was uh, costuming as Jarvis from uh, Agent Carter series. And basically yeah. he was just wearing a nice suit. And a lot of people didn't get it. Um, right. I think he even walked up to someone who was costuming as Peggy Carter and even they didn't really make the connection. Now – you know, once he put that online and said who he was and everything, got a lot of good reactions because people were like, oh, yeah, that was really good. But, you know, otherwise, you know, people in were just person. In, a, in a suit, right? <laughs> it can be hard to translate. That's where I like to suggest doing things like trying to find maybe a prop to carry with you that references the show. So yeah. sometimes people can see the prop, look at you, and then they have that, oh, my gosh, I know what you're doing. Moment. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, like, that sometimes for me is way more fulfilling <laughs> than being like, yeah, you got my costume, <laughs> like, on the first try. Um, you know, doing things that are signs that, like, I, I, I'm, I'm a bad nerd. I don't watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I, I tried. I didn't like it. But... <laughs> 
Um, or Agent Carter yet. <laughs> I haven't gotten to watch it yet. But any type of, you know, it's easy with like the Walking Dead characters. Just see if you can go to a Halloween store, find a dirty old zombie mask and like fill it with foam and dirty it up and carry a zombie head with you. And then people will be like, I think you're cosplaying Beth versus being like, yup, you're cosplaying Beth. I get it. That's cool. <laughs> it's well, fun. And, and it's still it's still a budgeted costume, but you get a nice little embellish with it. And and you can see, you know, basically anything and everything at Dragon Con. Uh, no, from, yeah. from, you know, the um, uh, superheroes that look like they just came off the page to... Uh, just some guy like in, you know, some sort of military outfit that I don't know, he might've gotten at a second hand store or whatever, but, um, or, you know, somebody dressed in, you know, tuxedo just for no other reason than he wanted to just wear a tuxedo at Dragon Con. So. Oh yeah. I mean, I've seen everything. <laughs> One that I, I, I get a lot of people, I'm a big Firefly fan and I'm like, do you, do you have a black suit and a black tie? Let's go buy a pair of blue gloves. Just walk around like that and you'll freak a bunch of people out. <laughs> Especially if they're like wearing brown coats. Like, hmm, <laughs> that's actually very creepy. You're right. So, I mean, don't I would I would like to say like don't let feeling like you're on a budget stop you. Don't let feeling like if you didn't <laughs> fabricate every every single little corner aspect of your costume it's not good enough it is especially a dragon con i mean people make costumes out of cardboard beer cans and <laughs> well exactly even darren's told us about um the abc party which is anything but clothing mm -hmm. and they people make costumes out of anything mm -hmm. and i we do mean anything folks <laughs> So those it, are fun. Oh, I made yeah. a beach ball corset once for one of those. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, awesome. It's just, I like to say, if you're going to do something like that, maybe pick a theme and let that fuel you. Because a lot of times you can get that, that brain block of like, okay, I have to make something that's not clothing. What am I going to do? That's where it was. I, I like to try to pick themes. You know, I've done those parties before where I was like, it's Christmas. I'm going to use Christmas bags or it's summertime and I'm going to use a tablecloth for a picnic and a beach ball. <laughs> so let those feel cho creative choices like that. Would there be any genre, let's on the, the flip side, would there be any genre that you can think of or any style of costuming that is like really expensive if you want to, if you want to do it? Um, I mean, I feel like you can make anything a little less expensive, but I think if you're wanting to go with armor that is durable, and and that would be my keyword there, it gets pricier. Gotcha. Um, you know, when I make my armor, I tend to use Warbla because I want it to last. Um, I know I get a little <laughs> fun and bouncy and, and and very like huggy with my friends at cons, and when I've made foam. Um, armor it it doesn't last it it falls apart it gets bent it loses its shape so i like to use warbler so if i if somebody comes up and knocks me upside my shoulder armor it's not going anywhere gotcha gotcha actually here's a good question for you how often do you recycle your costumes and such is it do you um like picking pieces of it to create new costumes and such or um i can i like to when i can uh 
the, the only trouble I personally have with that is that I tend to try to pick more creative costumes to do um, that don't necessarily lead into this other creative costumes I've chosen to do. Um, you know, a really good example is I have a dress I made to do plank from Ed, Ed and Eddie. Mm-hmm. And the dress, the fabric I had custom made for it is all wood grain. And I'm like, awesome. I've worn it. I love it. I don't wear it a whole lot anymore because I'm moving on. And I'm like, I can't really do a whole lot with this. <laughs> this is wood grain fabric. So that that's the only trouble I have. But I'm definitely all for it. Repurpose things. I, I am a bit of a corset <laughs> hoarder and I, I use them left and right for everything under the sun that I can. Well, totally understandable and such. Um, you had mentioned like a couple months back that about corsets, is there, you know, should people just go buy any corset? Like, no. uh, or <laughs> <laughs> she's like, no way. I'm glad I asked please, this. Then. Please don't just go blindly buying corsets. Do research. Um, if you've got someone who is knowledgeable around you who can help you, please do. If you want to message me, I will help you. Just message me on Facebook. Um, but it's really, you've got to take in a lot of factors. Um, are you going to be somebody who wants to be cinched in, waist training tight? And, and, and that affects your breathing. That affects your posture. It can affect your back. Are you going to be somebody who wants to wear it a little looser? Do you have a longer torso? Do you have a shorter torso? Are you looking for something steel-boned that's really going to hold you in? Or maybe something fiberglass that gives you a little bit more range of motion? I mean, there's a lot of options. You, you really can't just go out and buy a corset. But for, I the, say, for the first time, though, do you recommend somebody um, you know, get fitted first for the yes. first time? Definitely get fitted. A lot of the cons now have experienced um, corseters at them um, that that can at least fit you. You know, they're going to be very willing and helpful. And I say this because I've actually worked with some of them at some of the conventions to to put you in a corset, tell you what size you are, and and even if you don't buy something that day, you're not you're not hurting their feelings. <laughs> they they would rather you be safe and and comfortable when you're ready to get in a corset then to to not you know if you're too scared to ask and you hurt yourself so definitely get fitted um and 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 if you're thinking about doing one with a corset really think about how you are at a con i mean they they are tough to wear all day unless you're used to it and and I mean, I wear corsets all the time, and they're still tough to wear all day. So you got to really think about if that's something you want to put up with. If this is going to be your big costume of the convention, and and your your big go for it, put everything in, <laughs> show off of your work and your your fandom, and then you only wear it for two hours because you're uncomfortable. That. I, you know what? I never really thought about it before. <laughs> well, Mike, had, when was the last really, time you actually wore a corset? I was going to say, it's been so long since I've worn a corset that I just can't even remember what, that far back. Wasn't it with the last time you went to Rocky Horror? Yeah, sure. <laughs> nice. Um, any, any, any other budgeting tips that you could think of? Um, again, feel don't be afraid to to reach out. You know, a, a big thing, part of the budget for a lot of, uh, at least female, I know. I'm, I'm male too, I'm sure. But 
I'm I'm a woman, so my experience is female. <laughs> um, but a big a big cost thing for me in my costumes is actually wigs. The ones I get tend to range between the twenty five and sixty dollar range, just depending on length. And I like to make sure I get mine that are heat resistant. That way, I can curl them, I can straighten them, I can use them for more costumes. Um, but it, don't be afraid to look on eBay and Amazon. Just make sure you read reviews and and you research sellers. You know, they've got decent wigs out there, but you don't want to be hoodwinked by some just back porch seller just not giving you something that you're going to be able to function with or lying about the shade of color or anything like that. That that makes perfect sense. <laughs> Research is your friend. <laughs> gotcha. And speaking of which, um, you are a resource, of course, uh, to folks. Uh, and yeah. where can they find you online? They can find me on facebook.com slash bewitched ravens cosplay. That's a lie. There's no S in there. It's bewitched raven cosplay. <laughs> um, and then I'm also on Twitter at bewitched raven. I'm on Instagram at bewitched raven. Um, you can email me bewitched ravens cosplay at gmail.com. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty much everywhere. So I am, and- I'm pretty easy to get a hold of. And speaking of which, uh, what are your next uh, conventions that you're going to be at? I My next full convention coming up is Marble City Comic Con in Knoxville, Tennessee. Um, that's the last weekend in April, I believe. I'm actually going to be one of their cosplay guests. So everybody should come out and say hi. Definitely, um, since uh, Mike will be there representing ESO as well. Yay! Yay! Yeah. Hang out and have fun. Oh, boy! <laughs> <laughs> I am so looking forward to it. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a blast. It's gonna be busy, but it's gonna be a blast. <laughs> hey, I'd rather be busy at a con than just sitting around. Where are the people? <laughs> right, right. And they're getting a really good guest list coming up. So I know uh, RJ Hattie just just signed to to be a guest. So if you're interested in makeup, definitely come do some of his workshops. Very cool. Well, thank you so much for the tips. Uh, They are very informative as always. And uh, we will talk to you next month. Yeah. See you. Talk to you guys in a month. And so we draw a close to another episode of the ESO Dragon Con 2015 Special Report. Uh, I want to thank Kevin, Eternal Zan, uh, Michelle, and Bewitched Raven all for joining us and giving us great information. And a big thanks to our station crew. Thank you, Nikki. You're welcome. Thanks again for having me. It's always a blast. Absolutely. Thanks, Mary, for joining us. Absolutely. Anytime. Thank you, Darren. You're welcome, guys. Any old time you want me, I'm here. Awesome. Well, we would definitely be doing it again next month. Thank you, Mike Faber, for which none of this would be possible, Mr. Director, sir. As always, it's my pleasure. Uh-huh. We try to cover all we can with these specials, but keep up with the latest news. Please check out the official DragonCon website. Uh, all the tracks have Facebook groups. We have a Facebook group. We post a lot of information on DragonCon there. And uh, all our show notes are going to have tons of links to places that you can go check out. Not just um, the track information, but the updated, most updated hotel information, as we talked about with uh, Zan. And uh, there's even a DragonCon wiki. So if you have any questions about that, uh, you can um, you know check that out. Uh, we at ESO can be found on Facebook, Twitter, Google+, Stitcher. Um, 
what's the other ones? We also have Instagram and any more. Oh God! Do you want the whole list? That'll take uh, hours. Sorry, right. people. If it's social media, chances are we're on it. Oh so, yeah. Uh, or we'll be on it soon. Um, and we want you to be part of the station crew. So please feel free to join in on the discussion in any of those social media sites. Please help support the ESO podcast by donating via PayPal, purchasing some very cool ESO merchandise from our Zazzle store, or filling up your cart at our Amazon e-store. And we have made it easier to go through Amazon. Just click on the navigation at the top of our website. You'll skip the store and go right to Amazon, and we get the credit for it. Absolutely. No no extra fees or hidden charges for you. It all goes uh, – basically, it's the same price, and we just get a little kickback, so it's really nice. And we can see what you bought. No, just kidding. Exactly. Um, we can, actually, but we're not going there. Absolutely. <laughs> but, <laughs> until next month, thanks for listening. I'm your host, Mike Gordon, and it has been my pleasure. We'll see you at the con. Ba-da-bum, we're done. Yay! Broadcast of the ESO Network, your station for all things geek, classic, current, and beyond. Be part of the crew at esonetwork.com.